You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host as always. This week, we've got Carl Hardy-White in the studio talking construction, giving us an update on what the hell is going on in Perth's real estate building market at the moment. The resi project space especially is tying up 120% of our trade capacity and what it's leading to is just carnage out there and we thought that carnage might have been finished by the end of last year and it has just gotten surprisingly worse and worse and, and more catastrophic for people both on a builder side and a client side. There's just a lot of hands in hair at the moment. Carl, how you going? Oh, good mate, good day by day at this stage <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall all right. Yeah. How is the life of a site supervisor in 2022? It's a challenging time. I went through the last boom as a supervisor and it's completely different. It's completely different. Back in the day, there was too much work So, but you had trades readily available. You could pick and choose. Now you just have no material, not enough trades. Everything you could, you could ask to go wrong goes wrong. And then all the material issues, not just here but overseas. Mm. It's a perfect storm that just doesn't seem to end. Talking about a perfect storm, we're heading into winter now. We've had a good couple of dumps of rain over the last few weeks. It doesn't make your life any easier, does it, when you've got labour issues, supply issues, and now all those projects, those houses that probably should have been at roof cover two months ago, still trying to find timber for. Yep. Not only timber, we're going to get issues now where the roof sheeters are going to be delayed so their workloads are now going to drag out. Then the roofs do go on. The walls are going to be saturated. So it's not like you can have a plaster there the next day like you can in summer. That delays it. It's just it starts to get longer and longer and longer. And the frustrations build with clients as, as everyone's finding out. Let's run through the build cycle, trade by trade, stage by stage, and have a bit of an update from you if you can about not only prices, where you think they're at, but also availability and time frames. Last time we spoke, we were really in the depths of the slab down and the bricky issues there. Yep. That was as bad as we've ever seen it before, really, in terms of availability and pricing. It was pirate-sized cartel wars really going on with the brickies at that point in time. How are things now? Builder by builder is different, but overall, I would say the bubble still somewhat there at, at the initial stages, but not as bad as it was. Like we're getting brickies on a lot sooner. Some slabs I knew of had sat there for six months plus waiting for a bricklayer. So there's not as many of that happening unless you know there's the odd builder out there that's not able to pay some of the some of the bigger builder rates. I remember when we chatted last time, late last year, we were really talking about how we'd be waiting weeks for a slab to go down, and then it could be months, as you said, just then for bricklayers. A few of our developments we're seeing, we're not really finding a lot of that stress getting the slab down anymore it's, it's taking a week or two and the slab can go down and then the bricklayers on site in a pretty timely fashion confirming that with you we're probably over the hump at least when it comes to that and it's, it's probably getting a little quicker a little easier and even if i can say so cheaper as well yeah there's still a delay somewhat with bricklayers but not not to the same degree it was in terms of cost, I believe we've hit the peak and we're probably coming down the other side of that now. What was that peak of... in terms of cost? Tell me tell me what you think the industry was from what you were hearing on the ground. Just bags of money for a motor. <laughs> $3 and two fifty was around about the probably the climax for most project builders. So three bucks for a face brick? Yep. Two fifty for a rough journals. Yep. Most project builders are using blocks, two course blocks, not singles. So I've even heard of some some builders paying two dollars plus for a single course brick. 
job, you know, just, just to get them done. So yeah, now what I'm aware of, some people is paying 280, 230, 270, 220, you know, around about those ballpark figures. So we'll start to come down. And then as it does, the wave then transitions to the next phase of the build, roof carpenters, mm. roof cover, plaster, up and, down, up and, and down. so on and so forth. Any idea where you reckon if you could put a quick bet both ways that as to what that bricky price will balance out at, you know, by the end of this year, maybe. Well, that's a, that's a good question because that's what everyone's thinking. It it can't surely go back to the the low, the point that it used to be, which I'd say around uh, mid two thousand nineteen, it was probably at a quite a low point, maybe dollar eighty, dollar twenty, something like that. I, mm. I, it's hard to tell. It's probably it's a fair really price because yeah. as as you alluded to in twenty nineteen, you're paying like a you know eighty ninety cents a brick for a roughie at Dal Alcox I remember so yeah. that was really cheap and, and the bricklayers themselves were, were in pretty tough times yeah absolutely and like you say all I would have here is I was making this 20 years ago and in fair call like, it, it hadn't gone up hmm. I wouldn't think with the way inflation and everything is it could it surely couldn't go that low again I wouldn't think unless our industry just hit absolute, absolute rock, bottom. rock bottom again which you know that won't be any time within the next five or so years i wouldn't think hey you know what's an interesting point i was looking at the building approvals data that comes in every couple of months and interestingly enough we've come back to a level in the last month or so of building approvals that are equal to pre-covid yeah and right. obviously pre-covid was about as bad as it got 1100 pre- approvals a month went up to about 2500 for quite a few months and now it's back down to about 1100 1200 a month you start to think about that that pipeline is falling away pretty quickly in the construction space and i, I think the reason for it is it's not pure demand because clearly demands there we need you know the newspaper in the last couple of weeks has been saying we need 20,000 new homes so that the, the need is there but i guess a lot of people sit on the sidelines right now waiting for the cost to come down yeah definitely and again from from my side of the fence you're forever hearing from clients you know we're paying a mortgage plus we're paying the rent where we're living or the secondary mortgage or there's all these additional costs so a lot of people now aren't just jumping like they would have when the, the grants first come out and seeing green now everyone's going well you know they're hearing the, the time delays they're hearing all the industry issues and going, i'm probably not going to put myself into that situation because it's going to maybe cost me more mm. plus land house prices everything else is all inflated through the roof as well so that's right people are probably making without seeing it the wrong way a little bit more well-advised decisions now mm. rather than just jumping head first into the unknown that's right it's a good point and what it's doing is i think it's going it's going to create a bit of a cliff of work unfortunately for these builders they've all got it at the same time what they would have probably rather just had it across two years rather than one yep. smooth it all out and not have all the stress and, and build risk that they've had at the moment financially let's move on to that next stage we've just got our bricks up we're at plate height and as you alluded to we're talking about timber and steel depending on whichever material was chosen for roof frames now this seems from my experience talking to the builders i work with on a weekly basis that surprisingly and you couldn't believe it but it seems like an even more acute problem than the bricklayer problem was and a problem that isn't it's not a labor problem it's a supply problem you can't twist a timber supplier's arm here right like you could a bricky to maybe come to site on a sunday there just is no timber available no so what's going on 
there's just just too much there's just too much demand and not enough availability obviously bricks are far easier to make and source than it than some timber timber has to be grown trees have to be grown in the ground so yeah it's not coming from wa anymore unfortunately. Nah. and yeah. the problem is not just it's not wa it's having its own little bubble boom it's the rest of australia and the world so we're competing with over east and overseas for our timber and our materials as well as the steel uh, so yeah like say so you you will get a roof delivery and we won't know until it's on site what is and isn't there so depending on what timber it is it might be your 120 or or your 170s your hips and valleys things like that your your rafters you can't do anything without it you're not going to go just do your ceiling and leave it there for however not even an eta which is the more frustrating part it's not like we're we're starting the roof and then going right in three weeks you'll have that timber there is no eta yeah come that's any what day. i'm hearing you know you've got big suppliers like collie for example the uh, builders will have their orders in 16 20 weeks early at the moment trying to just get an order in so they can guess even just to have it sit on a site even if the bricks aren't up yet right yep and then they'll get to 16 weeks the day before they'll get a call from collie saying yeah don't it's it's another six weeks away yep and at least and then you, you it know. may or may not be right so what you've done there is stuff your roof carpenter around or they've got to be pushed back on jobs, compresses their timeframes, as you said, alluding to the roof sheeting as well. All this is doing is just creating more and more problems for everyone. And it seems like a problem we can't actually control in any way here. Nah, not really. Unless someone can figure out a better way or a quicker way to grow and manufacture timber. Mm. Um, and, and then also, the timber is susceptible to warping. You know, you, you just lying sometimes, around. yeah, if it's not concealed the right way, and it's theft. Just like, yeah, yeah it's just, <laughs> it'll, you see some bits of timber look like someone's grabbed it from each end and twisted it like a wet towel. And it's useless. So, um, yeah, there's, there's not much. Not a lot much of people would ask, well, Carl, if we don't have any timber available, why don't we just make our frames from steel? Like, for example, a summit, you know, they do a lot of steel frame roofs. Air conditioning guys don't like it. But why don't we just do all that? If the timber's not available, why can't we move? The comparative cost isn't a huge difference, but then the same thing, you have a supply issue there because there's not that many manufacturers, there's not many producers, and then you have steel issues from overseas. And I don't know how many people would know this, but Shanghai and other provinces that are huge producers of overseas exporting have been in lockdown again for the last couple of months, extreme lockdown. So their capacity for production is absolutely decimated, which in turn then has an impact on what we can source and get. You can change, but either way, you look right gonna, now. you're yeah. going to get the same. If you can imagine, if everyone jumps from ship A to ship B, ship B is going to get full and go slower. Mm. So you're going to get the same, the same ultimate result if everyone tries to, you know, be proactive like that and change. Well, it sounds like thatched roofing is the way to go, Carl. Just a flat collarbone roof. Yeah, that'll get you by. Tin shed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they used to do it back in the day. They right? used to, you know, yeah. somehow survived and no dramas but uh you know we've evolved as people and what we like and our preferences so we all want a pitched roof so uh, you spoke to roof sheeting there again color bond right mm. that's a steel product i've heard that fencing products the same thing at some stage a builder told me there's absolutely no color bond in a number of colors available in the whole state a couple of weeks ago yeah and it's still we're still experiencing huge issues with that like your woodland grays your monuments shell gray those extremely popular colors i think five or six i believe there was again things like the coil the metal coil they just can't get it but not too long back when the train line took from over east washed out the supply of that was coming from over east so you know then the train line washes out they can't get it here we're already short on on the material and high on demand so 
again, that snowball just gets bigger. And then in the background, the bricks are still being laid, the slabs are still going down, the roof frames are still where they can being built. So the bottleneck seems to just shift from one point to the next. And mm. eventually, I'm sure we'll get over the colorblind issue. And then next thing, it let's will be find out what the next right? bottle. Yeah, <laughs> plasters or you know, then jip rockers. Same thing. You can. There was uh, a jip rock glue issue uh, shortage a couple of weeks back. There was a ceiling white shortage of like ceiling white paint. So WA white paint, we had a shortage on that. Surely had, not. We did. Sure enough, we had one of my painters went to four different paint shops to try and get some to spray out a job. Wow. Seems to have been alleviated now, but day to day, week to week at the moment, just like it was during COVID, things just happening that are unforeseeable that influence the broader scope of works and picture of that we're working in. Let's move on. Let's assume we actually get that roof cover on. We're starting to talk about our finishing trades, right? Getting our cabinet making in, tiles, paint, as we've just spoken about. For quite a while there, builders have continued to suggest to me that once we get roof cover on, they can smash through all the finishing trades. There's not really much of a hold up on their services. Are you still finding that or is that hump started to move towards them as well? No, it is far quicker. From once you can get a roof on, if... If we are talking about a standard project build, your four by two kind of house, plastered walls, you can move it pretty fast from there. If you've got a decent decent supervisor, decent company, it's, it's not that bad from there. Why do you think that is? How do we have a totally sufficient uh, amount of finishing trades, but not a sufficient amount of roof carpenters and brickies? The bubble probably doesn't hit them as much or as, a, as extreme. Um, you can get plasters, get in and get out in a house, normal size house in say two or three days. They only need a roof on, really, whereas, you know, roof sheeters can't work in the wind, heavy rain, a lot of different factors that, that influence their job. Same as bricklayers, roof carpenters. There's no real issue with cement and sand. You know, but only, again, labour. We used to be able to get sand within a couple of hours on the same day delivered. Now, you know, now it's a day or so later. For a little while back there, it was, a, it was four or five days lead time, so... It's just not that bad for them, really. And again, it's just not as affected by as many different things. So the bottleneck does, it, it'll likely get there at some point, I'm sure, to some degree, but it, I wouldn't expect it to be what it was with bricklayers and slabs and roof carpenters. Brick pavers, they're pretty much the last guy on site. I assume we really haven't gotten to the hump there with them anyway. But do we not have a similar issue really with brick pavers that we would with bricklayers? Uh, no, nah, because again, they, they can do... You can get a whole a decent brick uh, brick paving team can do a job in a day, really, if they get in and do a big day, depending on the size. But the other issue we've had lately is paving brick stock and, and same thing, main floor tiling stock. So in roof insulation, things like that, if, if there's no material, it, it just can't be done. Even if the labour is there, that, yeah. if the material is not, then he can't work. Yeah, yeah. So we've had the insulation supply shortage, um, but had the labour there. So it's ironic. It's really ironic, and you can't, you know, you can't just go, oh, you you don't have any insulation work. Go lay some pavers. It's unfortunately, yeah, there are you know, certain skills. skills. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, some skills are kind of transferable and is is purely labour, but there are others where you need to be skilled to do that. Do you think that the smart man waits until twenty twenty three, or do you just keep building on? Obviously, the build grants have been extended for another year and a half. It sounds like. Does Carl Hardy White pack up his bags as a client of a builder? And obviously, you're a site supervisor, but let's say that you're definitely going to keep building. You're staying with the same builder, but you say, look, it's just not worth the stress at the moment, Steve the builder. How about we just pack up and wait, reprice in January next year? 
yeah, if you can afford to, unless there's some people that go from what I'm hearing, and I, I do know some that have put themselves in the most extreme financial position, and now they're maxed out, and now interest rates and things are starting to go up, and it's just they're going to be screwed to say it politely. Mm. You know, they're not going to be a good way. If you if you don't need to do it now, I probably would hold off. My my personal opinion, I would. If you already start the process all good you know you persevere with it but um it will eventually get better it's, it's a bit hard to identify when but yeah i would probably hold off to be honest with you i've had people ask me and that's what i've told them yeah well i think what it is is it's obviously not telling people not to build it's just about just recognizing just, some of the market risks there that not even the builder can control also thinking in the greater good of the outcome is trying to get the best quality product where it's whilst it will end up being quicker it's not rushed exactly you know most people residential building comes with the emotional investment i've always found obviously it's it's people are building their their home they're either a dream home or assets for their life so you don't want to be living in in something that's just rushed and crap really mm. you, you want it quality whether it's for your personal use or or an asset you know you know imagine in a couple of years time trying to sell a home that's just got problems everywhere now, look, we've heard a few builders who uh, all the way up to Metricon, the biggest builder in the country, ramblings there about how they're failing to meet their payments. They're putting pressure on their sales reps to try and get new deposits through to cover the costs of the projects they're in the middle of and losing money on, which is, you know, Ponzi scheme central. That's exactly how that sounds like. Robbie and Peter to pay Paul all the way down to the small builders in Perth. A couple of them we've heard of. I won't mention those names because they've had a hard enough time in the media. Do you hear enough around the traps and do you think most of the guys are going to get through it or do you think, geez, there's at least a handful that I know of that are one bad progress payment away from falling over? No, I think the bigger the bigger builders that are well established in Perth, they've been around long enough to be able to build their their bank balance up, be able to have the processes and things in place to weather not really a storm like this. So I wouldn't say that anyone could predict how long something like this would go for, but most of them have. Like for example, the company I work for, we have the processes in place to monitor the jobs coming on and coming off and the payments coming in and going out. There, there's a system in place to monitor that for that secure reason. So. It's not just money going out the door, but none coming back into the business because obviously it's ultimately a business. Money it's goes cash in, flow money has to come in yep. and, and go out. It's hand in hand. So if there's money just going out, eventually the business isn't going to be operational and make money and that's the whole purpose of a business. So I just would have thought by now getting into June, we're two years since the building grants. We're probably a year and a half since those builds started from those building grants that we would have heard of a few more builders to have actually gone under or be close to it. Obviously, a couple of the bigger commercial builders, your pro build, your Pindans have gone down and a couple of the really small builders that were only around for a few seconds anyway have fallen over. But um, yeah, I find it surprising. I'm, I'm wondering whether we're still a couple of months away from that. But surely by now, enough builders have been losing enough money on enough of the initial projects they didn't price at the higher prices mm. to be really hurting right now and have the administrators knocking on their door. And we just haven't heard a lot of that. I would have thought we'd have a few more falling off the bat by now. I would have thought so too, really. I'm, not, I'm no finance expert. I don't claim to know all that, but... You would have thought so by now. It's pretty obvious. It's it's a pretty basic, simple system that money goes in, money comes out. And as we've seen, some builders have, have fallen. I think one thing I'm aware of is with project builders, and most builders, smaller companies as, as such, have to pay bills more regularly. The bigger builders, the bigger commercial builders pay either monthly or quarterly. So the money can be held there longer, whereas 
these builders can't. They have to ensure money's coming in quicker for the money to go out quicker. So it's probably a little easier to monitor, whereas from my experience and the things I've known about bigger commercial businesses, that snowball gets gets bigger pretty quick because it's not being chipped away at. Yeah. The bills aren't being paid. The rug gets pulled over it and business goes on until the problem gets that bad that you, you close the door. Yeah, exactly right. And look, what it's definitely led to with the relationships I've caught up with all the builders in Perth is you can certainly see that it's front of mind every day now. They're, you know, unfortunately, when they put a progress plan claim in, it, maybe it, they get paid in 10 to 14 days, but they've had to go and pay the bricklayer in three days because they're demanding it. They had to go and pay the roof carpenter in three days. They've had to prepay for timber months before they even claim on it. And that's a real cash flow issue. And I would have thought by now, if some of the medium-sized guys that weren't managing their money properly were going to go, it would have happened by now. And and, and that's just what confuses me right now is it, I would have thought that would have happened. And maybe that's good signs that, look, somehow the WA industry has been and managed itself through this. And whilst it's very frustrating from an administrative point of view, trying to schedule these projects out, they're going to get there. I guess time will tell over the next probably three to four months how many of these guys are still around and by the end of the year um, we'll, we'll certainly know which players are here ready for the next cycle of construction building approvals to come through yeah agreed i would say the next six months if by the end of the year things start to balance out more in the industry which they will to some degree if people haven't gone to, well i would believe if they haven't gone and shut the doors or had to seek alternate methods by then then they're probably going to be able to ride through it. Or they're very good at cooking the books. <laughs> However, <laughs> you can only you do that for that long. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Numbers don't lie eventually. So Exactly. Um, Carl Hardy-White, site supervisor extraordinaire in WA. Thanks for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. And get back out to site and make sure that roof timber starts going up quicker, please. Mate, I've got seedlings in the backyard now, so try and get some trees out there, get rich myself. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, Trent. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!